Live from the House of LeMay Makeup and Dressing Room. Here comes Amber. Stop what you're doing. Here comes Amber. She's just doing what she can. Here comes Amber. Cue the spotlight. Here comes Amber with two drinks in her hand. The matriarch of fashion. Glasses, you can't look away. Ask her, does she do it? Really nothing to it. She's got that fun on her game. If you have a party, or if you're feeling naughty, call up the house of the maid. Ladies and gentlemen, please turn off all cell phones and get ready for your host, Amber LeMay. Hello, and welcome to the Amber Live interviews. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live. We want to remind you to subscribe to us both here and at youtube.com slash amberlive. You don't want to miss a moment of Amber LeMay, the Larry King of drag queens. There's so much more to the show than just the interviews that Amber does each week. We have hundreds of interviews, comedy sketches, songs, and more on YouTube that you can watch anytime. But in the meantime, you can listen to the amazing interviews right here. Now enjoy this episode of Amber Live Interviews. Uh, Becca Andrews was a journalist at Mother Jones where she, where she wrote about reproductive rights and gender. Her work also appeared in Wired, Jezebel, and The New Republic, among others. She's a graduate of UC Berkeley School of Journalism. Last week, her book, No Choice, about the history of the right for reproductive rights in America, went on sale. Tonight, we're going to talk to her about a recent article that she wrote called Drag Panic. Becca, come on in. Hey, Amber. How you doing? I'm doing well, Becca. All right. So tell me. Drag panic. What's the story about that? Well, uh, I am real Southern. I'm from West Tennessee. And I went home to visit my folks. And the thing that everyone was talking about back home was drag queens, which is not normal. Um, so I dug a little deeper and found this kind of mind-boggling disinformation campaign around what drag is and what drag queens are um, because it was tearing the community apart in a way that I'd never seen before. So really fascinating to um, dig into the ways that people get indoctrinated against drag queens, um, but also really alarming right now. What, what do you think is the basic fear? What, what, what brings that on, that, that wariness of them? Well, and you sort of alluded to this in some of your TikToks, there's this weird idea that drag queens are inherently tied to pedophilia or they're groomers, which is just, it's like, y'all have never been to a drag show, have you? Like, this is not what that is. Um, so, you know, I think, and I think also you have to remember that a lot of the people that are buying into this are, um, pretty pretty deep deeply ensconced in right-wing evangelicalism so 
you know, they also are dealing with their own like sexual repression and they're like, they have all of this baggage when it comes to sex and, and sometimes that gets projected in weird ways. So I think that's a big part of it too. Oh yeah, I, I can diddle my cousin, but look what they're doing. <laughs> uh, Not quite, but I hear well, you. I do some of that too. <laughs> Present viewers include excluded, of course. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. um, so that, have, what response have you gotten from that article, and where, where did it appear? So it's on uh, Reckon News, which is where I uh, report now. Um. Yeah, the, the response has been interesting. You know, I, I think it, it's one of those things where sometimes I worry as a journalist that I'm preaching to the choir, you know. So, like, there's there's a lot of support because, you know, the sort of people that are going to Reckon News um, kind of get this stuff a little bit better. That said, you know, I have also gotten a lot of pushback. And it was interesting. Someone tweeted at me a picture um, that is in the article, actually, and that I debunk. So the picture is of a burlesque dancer who's a cisgendered female. Um, and there's a, there's a young girl present as well. And, but the, the picture has been framed as, oh, you know, a drag queen grooming a child. And I'm like, okay, here are the reasons why that's not correct. So it was, it was kind of interesting to see people tweeting the misinformation that is in the article that I take apart. Our friend uh, Miss Richfield, who I mentioned earlier, she tells she in her show she did a great a great picture of that someone was complaining that she was doing a drag queen story hour, and in reporting of that story, that after the event they showed a picture of her with her legs up in the air, and that didn't happen at the drag queen story hour. You know that was mm -hmm. part of an adult show that she was doing. And, you know, it's just that type of stuff that gets confusing to a lot of people. Right. And with the Internet, you can tweet out anything. You can post anything. And I, people don't understand that, that truth requires context. Now, those drag queens that you talked to in Western Tennessee, what was, how, would they, how did they react? Okay, first of all, let the record show that if you go to Memphis and you don't go to a drag show, you are seriously missing out. We have some damn good drag performers in West Tennessee. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they have really been through it. Um, you know, the, the shooting in Colorado really shook up the Queens. Um, and then, of course, the the outrage in, in Jackson. And a lot of the Queens perform at a club in Memphis and maybe maybe a week, two weeks tops before the show in Jackson, which is, you know, an hour and a half away from Memphis, uh, the crowd boys showed up and they were armed. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of fear that that's what it was going to look like in Jackson too. You know, thankfully the crowd boys did not show up in Jackson. Um, but it's just, it's really scary. I think especially in a state like Tennessee where we have open carry laws. So there are all kinds of people out there just like carrying their guns and, the drag queens are in this really awful position where they're just like, okay, like I want to go out and, and do what I love. Am I risking my life to do that? Like what? This is such a, a crazy thing to kind of have to navigate. No, we've really been covering this for the past uh, six, eight months. Uh, we've done mm -hmm. several TikToks and it's had several guests. We had a, a guest from uh, Memphis whose drag show they had to cancel at, 
as the, everyone was in the building, but they had to cancel because the Proud Boys showed up armed. Yeah, that's the same one. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh, you know, uh, and someone t someone tonight or today asked me, said, well, are, are you concerned here in Vermont about this? And I go, I'm more aware now than I was, you know, a year or two, five years ago. I mean, I'm I, every time I hear a cracking, you know, what a loud noise, I'm aware, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking around more, you know, and damn it, I don't like that. I have to tell you, one of the most heartbreaking parts of reporting this story was I got a hold of a recording. Uh, it was a closed door meeting between some some city officials and some faith leaders pastors and and the folks that were putting on the pride celebration that the drag show was part of um and one of the guys who has chaired the the pride committee for a few years now he's a real fixture in the community he's a beloved photographer ever everyone knows him everyone loves him and hearing the pain in his voice when he was talking about how come y'all can accept me when i'm in the context of being a beauty pageant photographer and doing photography for Miss Tennessee, but you can't accept me in the context of pride and celebrating who I am. That has really, really stuck with me and just, I'm mean, my heart just shattered for him. All right, Becca. So um, we'll talk more about this when we bring Robert in, but you also have a book that just came out about uh, Roe versus Wade. Tell us about the, the history of that and what you expected it to be and what it turned out to be. Oh, man. Um, so I've been covering abortion access for seven or eight years now. Um, I So the book covers the the history of abortion in the United States and, and really in the world. It establishes that abortion has always been part of life since people have been around. Um, and then, you know, it goes into the Roe v. Wade ruling. And then it also looks at what I was calling post-Roe states, so places like Tennessee and Mississippi, where Roe is still in effect, but really not in these places because the states had regulated it so deeply. Um, obviously, I had to change that framing once the entire country became a post-Roe country. Um, but, but the book also looks at, you know, what has happened since the Dobbs ruling that overturned Roe versus Wade. And um, yeah, it was... You know, I, I expected, it was very clear that things were going to go badly. It was very clear during oral arguments before the Supreme Court uh, that the justices had every intent of, if not outright overturning Roe, doing significant damage to that precedent. Um, what I was not prepared for was the leak of the ruling. Um, and because of that, we sped up the book deadline. So my book was due several months before it would have originally been due. So I didn't sleep. I was just like writing on my couch, shoveling like Fruit Loops into my mouth to like stay awake. It was um, not my finest, cutest moment. Um, but we we got there, and and now it's out, and it's been it's been really cool to see people connect with the text and connect with um, the characters in the book who um, were vulnerable with me about their their experiences and their stories and. I just feel really fortunate to have written it. Who do you think created the leak? Uh, I don't know. If, am I allowed to speculate about that? I don't know. Oh, yes, you can. I kind of think it was Jenny. I don't know. 
it, it's not her uh, Alito. You know, he, he did something. Yeah. You know, it was either Jenny or Alito. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. <laughs> but no, let's show that book yeah. one more time because I know many of our viewers would uh, like to look at that. And uh, where and where can they uh, find that book? Anywhere, uh, bookshop, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, your local independent bookstore, which is the best way to to get it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's all over yeah. the place. Very good. Local bookstores. We appreciate that. All right, Becca. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amber Live Interviews. Remember to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single minute of the fun. And remember, it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast by using our Venmo at RJD Pro or by visiting us at AmberLive.tv and clicking on the Support Amber Live button. Thank you.